Illinois adult-use cannabis sales have skyrocketed this summer. Hospitals, businesses, and schools across the Midwest are preparing for a surge of COVID-19 cases in the coming weeks. More on these stories, I'm Sierra Henry. And I'm Annalisa Trofimuk. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. We recap news throughout central Illinois covered by Lee Enterprises journalists in Bloomington, Decatur, and Mattoon. Lenore Savota, Kelsey Watsonauer, and Sierra paired up on a story that ran in Friday's print edition of the Pantograph. Sierra, talk to us about that. Lenore, Kelsey, and I spoke to women across Bloomington Normal who are inspired by U.S. Senator Kamala Harris, who was elected to fill the second highest office in the nation. Harris is not only the first woman, but also the first Black and South Asian American to ever be elected to vice president. Of course, the news of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's win was announced Saturday morning after a tight presidential race that has stretched past Election Day. Working on the story, I heard from so many women excited and hopeful to see Kamala elected as vice president. Many said they can now point to her as a role model for their young girls or students. But of course, the fight for equality isn't over, they said. Several of the women I spoke with said that they will be watching Harris closely to make sure her policies and practices match what she has said and what she stands for. To quote Bloomington Ward 6 Alderwoman Jen Carrillo, Harris's legacy as a female role model will not be determined by her presence in the White House alone, but by her actions. Let's talk about local government news. Bloomington council members on Monday voted unanimously to approve longtime Bloomington resident Molly Ward to replace Alderman Scott Black, who resigned in October. Ward will serve through April 2021 and will have to run for the seat at that time. There were nine applicants and others who were interested in the position. More on this story at pantograph.com. All right, let's get right into education. Valerie Wells reported that the Argena Oriana School Board voted on Monday to demolish Kimler Gym. Last month, the district closed the gym due to the discovery of structural issues that made it unsafe, including a gap between a window and the brick facade on the south wall of Kimmler Gymnasium and another gap at another window on the same wall. Further inspection by administrators revealed that the tie rods were loose and not secure at the anchor points. The district received a preliminary authorization from the Macon-Pyatt Regional Office of Education and the Illinois State Board of Education for an emergency health life safety amendment to demolish and replace Kimmler Gymnasium, the West End Lobby, and Old Classroom Area. The school board will meet in a special session at 6 p.m. Wednesday, November 18th for a presentation by BLDD Architects on a design to replace the structure. Richland Community College will offer training to professionals in skilled and technical fields who are interested in becoming instructors in the career and technical education program. Reporter Valerie Wells has a story at herald-interview.com with dates and times for the orientations along with additional information. The Catholic Diocese of Peoria announced Friday that all 42 schools will transition to remote learning next week due to growing concerns for the COVID-19 virus, but students are expected to return to campus in mid-January, Pantograph Kelsey Watsonauer reports. Teachers will continue live instruction from the school building, which will keep students on the same schedule with video conferencing. For more information, check out Kelsey's report at pantograph.com. Eastern Illinois University may begin using a rapid COVID-19 testing system through a University of Illinois developed program. The university's board of trustees considered Friday night purchasing the $310,000 testing system, which is known as Shield Illinois. This purchase will include a $20 per test fee and a $5,000 setup fee. 
If purchased, tests will be available through the end of the current school year, but could be extended if a coronavirus vaccine has not been developed. Check out JGTC Rob Strad's report at jg-tc.com for more information. The decision to purchase the program was not made by the time of recording this podcast. We have um, a lot of sports news this week, and we're not even covering all of the bases here. <laughs> bases. <laughs> Jim Benson reported that there could be a change in plans announced by the Illinois High School Association last week that would allow its member schools to begin boys and girls basketball practice on November 16th and games to follow. This week, area athletic directors contacted by the Pantograph said they don't know if they will open their schools. Jim writes, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker and the IHSA have offered conflicting statements. The Illinois Department of Public Health moved basketball from medium risk to high risk last week, prompting Pritzker to say basketball won't be starting in November. Hear from Bloomington Athletic Director Tony Bauman and other officials in Jim's story at pantograph.com. And in that same vein, reporter Matt Flotten had a piece in Friday's Herald and Review featuring voices of the Millikens men's basketball team who talk about how they have turned COVID-19 restrictions into a positive by working in small groups and completing individual workouts. Check out Matt's story at herald-review.com. Let's just keep rolling here with the basketball-related coverage. Reporter Joey Wagner, who covers local and Illinois sports, featured Andre Corbello and Adam Miller, who Joey says are the two highly regarded four-star freshmen to sign with Illini. Hear from the athletes in Joey's story at herald-review.com. Reporter Randy Reinhardt wrote this week that Griffin Moore is recovering from the coronavirus and his brother Landon Moore is transferring to an Indiana high school. Randy writes, while Griffin Moore, a redshirt freshman tight end at the University of Illinois, has been sidelined after testing positive for the virus, his younger brother Landon Moore has transferred from Bloomington High School to Brownsburg in Indiana with the hope of playing basketball his senior year. Landon enrolled at Brownsburg last week, said Tim Moore, the BHS principal. The plan is for him to go to school there, and hopefully it works out from an eligibility standpoint. The Indiana High School Athletic Association will have to approve Moore's transfer before he is allowed to play for Brownsburg. Angie Moore has moved to Indiana with Landon. Read Randy's full story at pantograph.com. All right, we're going to get into some miscellaneous community news. Mattoon families showed their support for Coles County Veterans Wednesday during the Mattoon American Legion and Veterans of Foreign Wars post-annual Veterans Day Parade. The parade has become a tradition for some families to celebrate and honor veterans. Celebrations were also held in Charleston Wednesday morning, where the Veterans of Foreign Wars post commander David Watson spoke to a small crowd. Watson said, Today we honor all veterans who unselfishly offered their lives for our freedom. He said, check out reporters JGTC Rob Stroud and JGTC Dave Fopay's report at pantograph.com for more information. Illinois cannabis sales have soared since the state launched its adult use recreational cannabis program in January, despite the COVID-19 pandemic. In fact, sales for some dispensaries may have even spiked when restaurants and businesses closed in March. According to the state, consumers have spent more than $500 million on the product. About 74% of the sales have come from Illinois residents, but more than $128 million came from out-of-state residents. In October, Illinois generated a record $75 million in adult-use recreational cannabis sales, a nearly $8 million increase from the previous month. So you can see just how quickly and how high these sales are going. Now, I spoke with two dispensaries in our region as well as some shoppers, so check out my story at paintinggraph.com to learn more about why people are interested in the product. Some people have said that they are looking for more ways to deal with anxiety and depression, especially during the pandemic, so there's a lot there that you can read about. 
So something to look forward to this weekend and the early part of the week, uh, across our Midwest papers and Lee Enterprises, we've been working on a big COVID-19 project that looks at how hospitals, schools, and businesses are preparing for a surge that's already kind of started as we're hearing from Illinois state officials. Uh, we have, we'll have stories at pantograph.com, herald-review.com, and at jg-tc.com, so keep an eye out for that. Okay, so Sierra and I have noticed something around town. We're starting to see people putting up their like Christmas decorations. It's currently, it's November 13th, 14th. Yeah, it's, you know, we're not quite at like Thanksgiving time yet, although we're approaching that. Now I'm very much the person who always decorates early. In fact, I, I think last year, I have a Snapchat memory that's from November 14th. That's when I put up my Christmas tree last year. Um, and I'm not ashamed in any way, shape or form. I haven't done it yet because we've been so busy, but I am like so all for people putting up their decorations early. I know some people aren't. Sierra, what are, what do you think of this? Well, I respect people's decision to oh. put up Christmas <laughs> decorations before Thanksgiving. I don't have an issue with it actually. I just personally, I don't do it because Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays and my family has a, um, tradition of putting up the tree the day after Thanksgiving. Oh my God. So that's that's uh, that's the one reason why I haven't, you know, taken all of my pumpkins and fall leaves. Also, I just really like, you know, the fall colors of orange and red and yellow. They're I'm quite fond of it, so I don't really want to get rid of it. Though I am obsessed with Christmas, so once um, Thanksgiving is over, you know, I will be decking out my apartment with all my my Christmas decorations. It's just such a warm holiday, and it just brightens everyone's spirits and I think everyone really needs that uh, that bright that brightening right now especially so I think that's why we're seeing more people just you know going ahead and, and doing it just brings a little bit of holiday cheer okay I'm not even I'm like not making this up it's so it's so funny that your family has a tradition of putting up the tree the day after Thanksgiving my family always puts it up literally the day before I'm not even making it up I'm not kidding it's like a legitimate thing my grandma always just really loved having the tree up for Thanksgiving and for her birthday because her birthday was in late November and um yeah so we've just always kept that tradition going and then I always had, you know, it's like I would say the past five years or so, my group of high school, like marching band friends would always get together the night before Thanksgiving. Although obviously we're not doing that this year. I think this year we, we've all started to kind of figure out like, okay, how are we going to play among us <laughs> virtually? Like we're all going to, I mean, we're going to have more than 10 people anyway, off topic, but no, yeah, I, I love decorating in general. I'm so excited to decorate for Christmas. Um, but yeah, I still have my like fall decor up my DIY leaf thing above my little fireplace. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm really excited about decorating for Christmas and I, I completely agree with you. I think we're seeing a lot more people decorate early because they want that like Christmas cheer and, and we're seeing businesses sell a lot earlier sell Christmas decorations a lot earlier Christmas you know apparel and not just Christmas holiday apparel you know um I also feel like a lot more people are like DIYing because it's become a whole thing especially with TikTok so if anybody is gonna like share your DIY Christmas projects or like your recipes share that with us on social media because I'm always down especially if they're on TikTok I love TikTok yeah my TikTok for you page has just been like funny videos and then um people making christmas cookies which of course we're not in december yet but annalisa you better be prepared because i do make a 
uh, red velvet cake from scratch oh. every Christmas, and I have made this cake. It's my. It's actually my great grandmother Horn, Granny Hornbeck's recipe, Aww. and um, it actually started because I um, would help my grandmother Henry uh, bake the the red velvet cake each Christmas. Um, I've been doing it. I, I've been baking this cake for at least eight years now, and um, as I got older, it ended up in my grandma who was diagnosed with breast cancer um I started taking more of the duties and she would just supervise me and um eventually it I took over and she would just you know tell me when to take the cake out but I've been going solo for the last two years and there's been some mishaps but you know it always turns out good <laughs> but yeah I love baking and so I'm um really happy to see all these Christmas recipes on my TikTok and I'm excited to try some so if you bake anything cool tweet it at us yeah, yes. That's so cool that it's homemade red velvet cake. I, I think I mm, I think it was my mom or my sister who made homemade red velvet cake once with beets. Oh, weird. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. It tasted good, but it, you know, was weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, I we have a, you know, a baking tradition too. We My mom makes like hundreds of Italian Christmas cookies, biscotti. I brought some into the Herald interview last year. That was so fun. And like, that's the best part, like bringing the like baked goods to people. Um, I was hoping to go home this year to help my mom, but I don't know if we are going to be able to do that this year. I don't know if we'll be able to like you know, travel much. I think I, I'm really going to have to limit my trips home, which is fine. Um, but I, I will just take another stab at biscotti is so tricky because you have to like bake it and then flip it and then bake it again and then keep like toasting it. It's a whole thing. It's a whole ordeal. And it doesn't help that a lot of my grandma's recipes, she purposely, um, wrote in like mistakes or like at one of her recipes, she, she has like two different recipes for one of the cookies that we always make. And she literally wrote at the top of it, at, at the top of one of them, not this one, like shady. <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm very excited. I, it's, it's only like mid-November and I'm already excited for the holidays and those traditions that would be a little bit different this year, but are still doable. So if you've had, if you have any of your holiday decorations or Christmas recipes already going, feel free to tag us in your photos, share them with us on social media. You can follow me at, on Twitter at PG underscore Sierra Henry and that's Sierra as in Sierra Miss S-I-E-R-R-A. And I'm on Twitter as at Annalisa Tro. Long Story Short can be found wherever you get your podcasts, including through Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. You can also find this podcast along with the reporting mentioned today and subscription information at pantograph.com, heraldandreview.com, and jg-tc.com. As always, if you are enjoying this podcast and you want to support local journalism, leave us a review, give us a rating, and subscribe. Our subscribers make this work possible. See you again at 10 a.m. next Saturday for more Central Illinois news updates.